Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. For tickets for an upcoming game or concert, visit TicketKingOnline.com or a quick link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. TicketKingOnline.com, 612-341-4141. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings... Mm -hmm. We present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Welcome to a special midweek three-man edition of the Purple Podcast, live from Winter Park in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Something just fell down behind me, and no, it was not the Minnesota Vikings season. I'm Ben Gessling from ESPN, joined by Matthew Collar from 1500, and Judd Zolgad, also from 1500, who joins us in the middle of the week today. Uh, we will spend a fair amount of time, I'm guessing, on one of Judd's favorite topics, one of his uh, most grinchy topics as we get into Christmas season. We have pulled the sports grinch down from Mount Crumpet to talk about Adrian Peterson, among other things. Guys, should we start there? That's probably the big news of the day. Adrian Peterson in the locker room saying, yeah, I plan to come back this season if it's worth my while. He basically said, if this team is not in the playoff race, I will not play this year. Officially saying on the record what I think a lot of us have been suspecting for a while and uh, probably putting a set of lines in the sand, I suppose, Uh for his future in Minnesota. What did you guys make of those comments today? Uh, I fixed this poinsettia that I knocked over. Yeah. Merry Christmas right. to you, those too. Things, like, this is a Christmas aren't poinsettia. Aren't those things poisonous? Just, I, like, I don't know. Should but I, I mean, touch it or should I not? You just crapped on Christmas by knocking Only the animals, down. I think. That's I big think, talk from the sports grinch. I think you're not somebody supposed else to... <laughs> I think you're not supposed to let dogs. Boy, this them. is like an old-fashioned uh, Kramer derail here. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, knocked right. I never knocked over any plants with Kramer. The plant is back in place. Uh, with Adrian Peterson, <clears throat> um, I, we saw this coming all along, right? I mean, Ben, you had been reporting that uh, the target date <laughs> was... a real mess over here. Yeah, you really did. There's lots of dirt. Um, the the target date was either against Indianapolis or Green Bay or yep. somewhere uh, yep. in that area. Yep. And the whole the whole time we were looking at this, saying as the season was beginning to crumble around them, that if just put yourself in his shoes and you say, why would I want to come back to a team that's out of the playoffs with the worst offensive line of the decade? <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, the the worst running game. Uh, and Jarek McKinnon, I think, is fairly talented, and he's averaging three yards a carry. I mean, this is the worst, most pathetic offensive line that we have seen in such a long time. And when he was running behind them, he couldn't even get two yards a carry himself. And he's going to come back on a team that has no shot at the playoffs. This is if they lose against Jacksonville or potentially even against Indianapolis, which now I think if Harrison Smith can't play in those games, looks fairly realistic that they could lose one of them, right? Jacksonville's got a good defense. 
and uh, Andrew Luck is playing about as high of a level as any quarterback in the NFL. So if that happens and Peterson decides to sit out the rest of the year, I don't think anybody can really get on his back for it. Jacksonville also has a long and illustrious list of quarterbacks, which I will be guessing later in the show. Very excited for that. Sports Grinch. It's really long. Sports Grinch. Peterson, go. I think it's fair to say that I have uh, not been the number one fan of AP for a long time here. Now, he's a fantastic player. I mean, as far as being able to take the football and run, he is a Hall of Fame talent, and he's been great. That being said, the mind of Adrian Peterson works in odd ways. I mean, 2014 still baffles me. You're facing a child abuse charge, and somehow during the course of that of that year being essentially suspended, you take that and flip it on its head and get mad at the Vikings, who did really nothing wrong. In that case, and the I, Star Tribune. Yeah, and, and in that case, I said, Adrian, what are you doing? That's just stupid. You're being dumb. In this case, I am 100% with whatever Peterson decides to do, and if he decides not to come back, I don't blame him one bit. And in fact. If I was advising him, I would say, even if the Vikings remain in playoff contention, give this some long and hard thought. Because the the pro to him coming back is he comes back, let's say, for two games and a playoff game. And he just goes nuts and breaks out. And in March, the Vikings cut him because his contract for 2017 is too much. And he goes and signs a big deal elsewhere. That's the pro. But, guys, the con is this. He comes back. Gets injured again. And he, and he averages, best case, 2.5 yards per carry. Yeah. Or gets hurt again. Yeah. And so if Adrian Peterson, if his whole platform was I'm 31, I'm like most backs, I'm aging, damn it, I'm going to come back and try and win, I get that. But this guy's on record as basically saying I'd like to play till I'm 40, which is crazy. That being said, if he really thinks he's going to play till he's 35, 36, whatever, he's not, he is dumb to come back. And in Adrian, the one consistent about this guy since the day he arrived in 2007 is Adrian Peterson has always, always, always looked out for Adrian Peterson. And so if he's going to put himself, if he all of a sudden is going to flip the script on his career and say, I'm putting team above me, that would shock me. He has always put himself first. He will continue to. And in this case, I think he's right to. Well, I mean, the thing that I think is going to be interesting with this is, and, and Kevin Seifert alluded to this, uh, on, on Twitter today, and Kevin and I have been texting about it a little bit. We we talk and text. Um, well, you know the rest. That's um, the station, by yeah. the way. Um, just quote, quoted something from a competitor. That's yeah, very, I, very hurtful right now. <laughs> Quoting something from K-Fan, I guess that, yeah, I guess we all had to do that yesterday uh, with Mike Zimmer as well. Um, oh, I like it, the PR battle coming to light. Okay. Um, Kevin made the point that I mean, I asked Adrian today who makes the decision on whether you're out of the playoff race, and I, I was trying to start finish my question, and he goes, I do. But I said, you know, how do you decide what's out of the playoff race? And then we kind of talked about that after that. But but Kevin's point in all of this was that doesn't he have to fulfill a contract? I mean, if, if the Vikings – I suppose he's on injured reserve, but if the Vikings take him off injured reserve – and he doesn't play. But they can't force him to play. But he, isn't he in he breach of say, contract if he does that? Not really. I mean, you you would have to then prove within the last two games that he willfully disobeyed your order to have him play coming off IR. That's a tough one. And and that, that gets into the very murky territory where if you force him to play, that's telling your players and outside players that you don't care about them. That's a, That would be a tough – now, now, if this was October – and by November 1st, you, you could prove he's healthy. That's one thing. But given the circumstances here, I think that's a very tough one to prove, especially when you are going to turn around in March and either restructure or cut him. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's one thing if 
Yeah, like you say, if it's going to be say, October, but it's also it's another thing. To answer that, Kevin's question, if he goes to the Vikings and says, okay, I will come back and play, but you have to guarantee that you will pick up my contract for 2017, the ballgame changes, but there is no way on God's green earth that this team can afford that salary no. for a 32-year-old back with a quarterback who was added in September who completely changed the ballgame as far as uh, salary uh, roster yeah. construction. Yeah, and, and you have to make a decision. I mean, the only way that I think he would come back for next year is under a restructured contract. And, and Mike Florio had something uh, a week or two ago that sort of hinted that he might want that to play at all this year, which felt a bit curious, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the the uh, root of that is. I, mean, I think we can probably draw some conclusions there, but... It, it would be an odd request. I mean, I think we could say that. It, it would be an odd request when you haven't played and you're coming off of a knee injury and you say, I want assurances for next season before I am going to come back and play this season. So, I mean, all of that will have to get figured out here. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. And, I, Matthew, I, I don't get the sense that there is a ton of interest from the head coach right now in <laughs> – entertaining the Adrian Peterson will he or won't he theories how interesting was it today in the different ways he answered questions about two injured players the, there was a question about Harrison Smith and his status yep. and the answer was Harrison is a tough player and he plays through injuries all the time and this guy is a warrior or whatever I mean it kind of went on a little and with then there was another question about Adrian and it, the answer was no I don't know I only coach who's out there yeah. Totally different approaches, and I don't know if we mentioned it on a previous Purple podcast. Maybe we did, or maybe it was just off-air, but the effusive praise for Ezekiel Elliott yes. and his ability about the last one, yeah, yeah. To, I to, to block and to catch passes. I mean, it's didn't all, we mention that on the podcast? We, we were throwing out all the conspiracy theories about how Peterson's people might tell him not to play, and the guy on Twitter told us that we were throwing out conspiracy theories that Peterson then sort of confirmed today. <laughs> Yes, I think that's right. I think that's right. Here's the... Shout out to you, buddy. Here's the interesting thing to me about the entire deal out out here with Zimmer going to coach with the eye issue, Peterson. Zimmer, so much from the old school, right? Which is you just spit on it and play. Rub some dirt on it and get out there. And I don't wonder if, as we sit in the sports business world, and it's a business of 2016, if in some ways Peterson doesn't have it right right now mm-hmm. and Zimmer's got it wrong well and Zimmer seems Peterson to be, certainly has a more modern approach to it Zimmer yes. seems to be deeply offended by players who don't rush back I mean looking at the way that he handled Sharif Floyd Josh Robinson I, I think Sharif Floyd is probably where is he now is he here or is, he, is he on the beach just like hanging out and whatever with his guaranteed money I mean because if I was Sharif Floyd and I read the comments that my coach made about me being injured or not coming back and and I don't know anything about Sharif Floyd's injury or recovery or anything else so I always just assume that players are trying to come back as fast as possible and I read that my coach was basically mocking me for being hurt I'd be like you know I'm gonna take my time I'm just gonna go to another couple of weeks of rehab because whatever man 
right? I mean, I'm a former first-round pick, and I'm a great player, and you're not going to mock me like that. At least that's how I would look at it if I was Shreve Floyd. But there's just, right, with the Josh Robinson, there's like a history of him treating players who are injured and take their time with the rehab, him treating them that way. And, I mean, if you're Adrian Peterson, maybe you're not even thinking about that one way or another or reading into the press conferences. But we know, at very least, that Zimmer does not like that. So I wonder if what even Zimmer's approach to letting him play when he comes back will be right i mean does he throw him right back out there as the feature back or does he say well you know we'll work you in because you decided you were going to play on your own time so we're going to play you on ours yeah i mean all of that is going to be very interesting to see where that goes at the end of this season and i i would think that if he says okay we're out of the playoff race i'm not going back out there i would think that the vikings would say this isn't worth the trouble let's just you know, let bygones be bygones and move on. But yep. uh, the relationship's over battle. there, right? Yeah, I, I would think if if that is where we go, that that would happen, and maybe they, they just leave him on injured reserve rather than having to make a roster spot for him. But yeah, that's all going to be uh, very very interesting to but watch here. If the Vikings, going back to your Kevin Seifert point, if the Vikings tried to force him to play or try to penalize him in some way. It really just comes off as sour grapes, doesn't it? I mean, just for, for the season going wrong and for the injuries and everything else yes. and just the the amount of things that they've dealt with with Peterson over the last few years going back to the 2014 thing. I mean, it would come off as instead of just letting the man walk away quietly, it would come off as like, no, we're going to we're going to take the sort of bitter route, the angry route at you and, and try to penalize you and battle you when you're already out of the playoffs and it doesn't matter if he plays or not. I think that it would just make the team look really bad at the end of a Hall of Fame career with one of their greatest all-time franchise players. And especially if at that point you've decided we're not bringing him back, there isn't really much to gain from putting him out there, right. is there? And, that, and if you are bringing of, him back, you don't want him to play those games. That's the type right. of deal, too, though. If you do that to a guy like that, agents and opposing teams are going to use that against no you. No doubt. So if, if I'm a guy who's being recruited as a free agent to play for the Bears – the Vikings and Texans. I think I say the Packers, but that's not a place because they don't sign free no, agents. No, exactly right. <laughs> but but two of those teams are going to say, "Hey, don't forget, one of the Vikings' best players of all time was basically questioned and and forced to play." When Ted Thompson's whining and dining those free agents at the uh, Applebee's in and Green that, Bay, hey, uh, I guarantee you, though, I bet you Zimmer, I bet you his frustration with Peterson goes back a few months. The second that Peterson didn't decide to have the easy meniscus surgery done, because they could have done the snip job, which I think Roethlisberger had done, which is the little snip job, just a little snip of the meniscus, Ben Gessling. If we could mm-hmm. all grow up, sometimes you snip areas in the knee as well. If he had <laughs> had that done, he could have been back pretty quickly. Yeah. And I could Zimmer's the type of guy who, because he would say, I would have the snip job done. And That's what Zimmer would say, Ben. You know, it, the thing about really Zimmer lost you. That was just too easy. Zimmer's approach to the whole thing, though, he's really practicing what he preaches here. I mean, he this man is going to go coach a game that if if he had had a certain type of procedure and couldn't fly, he was going to drive fourteen thousand miles or have someone 14, drive him fourteen hundred miles, not fourteen thousand. That's to take a zero. That's to Australia. Thousand miles. Um, it's probably it's a song, like, I think. 
1,400 miles. A long ways. He was going to drive a long-ass. I just took a guess. He was going to drive a long-ass way. I have the Jaguars quarterbacks up here, not Google Maps, okay? So, anyway, he was going to drive a really long way, thank you, to Jacksonville and, and not be able to look up. Which I still don't think he can. They told him not and to look potentially, up. I don't know. His they told him not eye to jump too. today looked all black and messed up. I mean, he's he, he circumference of the Earth, by the way, is twenty four thousand miles. <laughs> all right, so, so halfway around the Earth, basically. That's uh, a more long than that. way to yeah, drive. I th- yeah, I don't think it's quite that we far. We interrupt to this purple podcast. No, probably not. We've interrupted it for weirder things. So yeah, he before. is. Sure. Am, am I the only one though who thinks he's crazy? I, I find this whole thing as much as I like sports. I find, and I'm not. Just to be clear, I'm not surprised because football coaches are nut jobs. So I'm not I'm not saying that what Mike Zimmer is going to do shocks me, but I do find it to be absolutely crazy. And it's a real window into how he thinks, right? I mean, about his players and the sacrifice that they make that even he is willing to do this. And I think even some percentage of it, I don't know if he would ever admit to it, but maybe some percentage of it is to send that message of like, yeah, I'm going through all this stuff, oh, I guys, yeah, but I, I, I am putting myself through hell i am risking uh potential long-term problems just like you guys do every game so you got to put it on the line for me i I think that that at least if i was a head coach i would say if there's any benefit to my eyeball falling out it's this that i can at least see what i'm willing to do right yes see it uh i can i can send that message to my team but we can also say that when he has players who don't come back and don't put themselves on the line that He's not going to be happy with it. Well, we've heard him say that before, right? I mean, we've kind of heard him say, I take care of you, you take care of me. Or if I can get needles stuck in my eye in le- in earlier in November, then they can go out and, and compete for me. I mean, there is sort of that. I think that's kind of his mentality of if if I'm, I'm going to be right there fighting with them, if they're going to be out there giving it all, then I'm going to be doing the same. And if I'm going to be giving it all, I expect them to be right there with me. Where's the team, though, in, in this? I mean, they just say he's 60. So And 60 is not old now. No. And he just signed a multimillion-dollar extension. And seemingly the Vikings, who have had more hiccups than most, right, have found a GM-coach combination that works. Correct? I mean, we, we agree, for the most part, it works. I mean, compared to Les Frazier or Brad Childers, it seems to work. Okay? So here's my point. If you're the team, why wouldn't you say, you know what, Mike? This seems like a very serious situation. And so we want you to be able to step away for at least a couple of games. And what we would like to do, though, is have you coach for as long as possible. And God forbid you go blind. Guess what? You're probably done coaching. So you think? Uh, I think coaching football with one eye would be extremely I difficult. But, but my point is, where is we, – we talk about the team finding uh, – Peterson potentially in breach of contract. Where's the team here saying Mike Zimmer is one of our most important assets going forward? And guess what? We want him going forward. Where are they? Where are the Wilfs? Where's Spielman? Where, where's the employer here? Well, because somebody Wolf can put was their, here on Monday. But somebody can put their foot down and say, no, you're just not going to Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, someone could. People keep saying, but he's Mike Zimmer. He can do this. No, he's an employee. You can tell him you're not going. You can yeah. say, you're not, you're, guess what? You're not going. You're not getting on that plane. You're not going to go. You're not driving. You're yeah. going to game plan all week long, which, okay. Matt, as, as you've said on a, a couple times, and you're exactly right, that's the most important thing. The most important thing is game planning. You could say Mike Prefer's going to coach the team again. Edwards is going to call the defensive plays, and you can coach again when we get home to play the Colts. Where's the team? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. And Mike Zimmer has said um, 
I, I don't know that he actually answered the question when he talked to us today, but I think he said on the radio yesterday he's going to listen to the doctors and and uh, he's going to follow what they say. Now you would assume that if he is coaching this week, that doctors have told him it's okay to do so and there's no medical risk but to his long-term future for that. They told him not to look up. It doesn't jive. Yeah. I mean, that, it you can coach a football game without looking up. It I'm not saying it's a great idea. I'm just trying to. So you're not going to look at the scoreboard? I'm trying to think where he thinks. You're not supposed to You're not supposed to get excited, jump up and down, or look up. Yeah. I'm, I'm it not does, saying it's it a great idea. I'm telling they're you feeding, how he They're thinks. feeding us what they want us to. Mike Zimmer was feeding KFAN what he wanted them, what he wants us to think. Yeah. But he's also giving details that you say, Mike, we're not stupid. Well, and the doctors... Common sense says this. what you're telling us doesn't make sense with what you're telling us you can't do. They can't yeah. put him in a straitjacket and tell him not to. They can only they advise... They can tell him you're not going to I mean, but the doctors can only advise him one way or the no, other. No, but I'm saying then, the team can say... Well, the, but, but the, yeah, no, the team can. That's what I mean about, well, the doctors say this or that. Well, okay, I mean, but they can't tell him what to do, so he's going to do what he wants to do. With ownership, if it, if it were me... Now, of course, none of us really know the details exactly down to the T, but we know what this is, and we know the limitations, like you mentioned. And if it's me and I'm Rick Spielman or I'm uh, ownership or uh, whoever else at the top, I, I would be saying that. I would be saying, look, I mean, we're a long shot for the playoffs. Even if we win out, we might not make it. I was playing around with your ESPN playoff machine. Oh, that thing's so much it's, fun, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it, for a really long time, yep. doing everything. It's a, it's a great tool. I linked to it in one of my pieces, and it's it's even it's what twenty eight percent or less. Numbersfire dot com gave them five thirty eight gave them something like twenty percent chance to get in. I mean, you were looking at oh, basically one in four, one in five shot at getting into the playoffs with a team. By the way, those those numbers are based on your whole season. Not five out of the last six where your season has just come crashing down. And then you got to beat Luck and you got to beat Rodgers, potentially without Harrison Smith. And you're going to risk your health for that. I mean, I think everybody here, if you were to give a. Don't forget, you got to beat Matt Barkley. Oh, yes, Matt Barkley. Well, I, I'm not even. Dis- I'm not even discounting it since the Bears already beat them once this year. So you're, you're talking about, though, a, a situation where you are such a long shot. With a coach that has complete job security, I mean, he's just not going anywhere. I right. think his his if you his rating, if you were to say, uh, just fans, front office players, what do you think that, of the guy? It'd be like point. a plus. That's my point. From a business standpoint, if Mike Zimmer had to make the playoffs to survive his job, then I would say just go. I don't care. I'm I'm I am eliminating any human care for Mike. I am saying as an employer, who I have an investment in, my employee being Zimmer. Sure. I'm, I'm talking about – I am purely talking about – I, not him as a person. I'm saying I've signed him to a long-term contract. An I asset to your football he, program. Exactly. He is no different than a player. And if I keep the player healthy, guess what? He helps me. And if I don't, he doesn't. So I'm talking about this from the pure standpoint of Mike Zimmer, an employee who I find to be of value and who is purposely risking his own health. And I have the ability to – if I'm the Wilfs, to put my thumb on Mike Zimmer and say, you're not doing this. What, what's he going to say? I quit? He's not going to quit. He's making way too much. Yeah, I, I, w- I guess I would hope that, and this is where we have to probably give them some degree of deference simply because we are not in the room with all the doctors, but I would hope that if he is coaching, it is because the doctors have said you are able to do so without risk to, the, to your long-term health. That may not make sense to those of us who 
in my case, admittedly, haven't had this happen, and it, it typically affects older people, I think. I mean, I think it's typically an injury. I'm in trouble, you mean? More so than we are, I guess. I, I, I'm not sure if you're in trouble tomorrow, but you, you may have a better sense of it than we do. Um, probably not. It, it's not something that I, I think a lot of people get. Uh, but you would hope that if he is coaching, that doctors have said, especially after missing last week's game, because I think if there was going to be a game he was going to coach against that team, against an organization that still means a lot to him, that gave him his first chance, the city where his kids were raised, if he was going to miss that game, I don't think you're going to just flip, you know, flip and come right back around and say, oh, yeah, well, now I'm just going to do whatever I want. Devil may care. I have to be in Jacksonville. If you are going to not coach a game where you're at home in prime time in a game you badly need to win against an opponent that is the best in the NFC, you would hope that if he's able to turn that opportunity down, that he would then use that same approach going forward to whatever games come up next on the schedule. I actually thought that Mike Prefer did a totally fine job and at the end of the game handled the timeouts really well, (laughs) which it was kind of like after the game it felt a little inappropriate to talk too much about like, hey, did you guys notice that? because. The guy who had right, the guy who had emergency surgery, he screws that up sometimes. But this guy, I mean, I I think when when I watched that game with George Edwards making the calls and with Prefer handling the clock, I thought this is a team who had a really great game plan going into this to slow down the Dallas offense, which I think they did really well considering how Dallas has been steamrolling people all season long 17 points and seven of them are handed uh, to the Cowboys on a fumble by Adam Thielen I I think it really shows us that most of the coach's job is Monday through Saturday and putting in the game plan and then on game day he's managing the sideline and the clock and what else I'm not saying that that job isn't complicated and important it just comes off as Mike if you had to miss one more game and I agree with what you're saying Ben it's hard to really know what the risks are and the details of this particular case everyone is different so I don't want to too harshly criticize the decision to, to go down there but you can still win this game with the same formula that you had last week with Prefer as the head coach and Edwards calling the defense uh, without feeling like oh man if he's not there we have no chance to beat Jacksonville. Hey guys, it's Phil Mackey from 1500 ESPN and one of the hosts of Sports Over Beers, the original 1500ESPN.com podcast where you find your favorite 1500 ESPN personalities drinking beer and talking sports. Pretty simple. Find it on iTunes, Podcast One, and 1500ESPN.com. Yeah, I I think you can, and I think they probably feel like they should have beat Dallas last week, and and you can make that case other than a couple of unforced errors in a lot of cases. I, I mean, he didn't he didn't uh, address it today. Uh, who was at fault on it? But it was very interesting to hear Sam Bradford say on the on the false start at the end of the game if there was issues with people being on the same page. He goes, "I, I you'd have to ask Nick about that." And it kind of goes with what I had tweeted late last week and what I'd heard from a couple people that. Nick Easton was supposed to snap the ball on that. I mean, Jeremiah Searles had the false start, yes, but if you watch that play, Nick Easton was supposed to snap the, the ball. The offensive line screwed something up? Yeah, it stopped me if you've heard that one before. But uh, I say, there, there's your, your story for uh, the 2016 season. Yeah. Title of your book, Blame the Offensive Line. Yeah. 
but yes, I do think I think they're capable of beating this team, and maybe that's a, a good segue to talk at least a little bit about this week's opponent. Is there is there a chance they lose this game, or do we think this is one of those where they this is the cure for what ails them and they get back on track? I'm going to go with yes that there is a chance that they lose this game, and it's based on the fact that, as weird as it sounds, the Jaguars have the best defense they've played in a while. Uh, Detroit did an awesome job against Drew Brees last week and maybe has earned some respect with their secondary, the way they handled Bradford both times. Uh, But Detroit overall is not that impressive of a defense. Dallas is really not an impressive defense. And those teams were more or less pinning down the Vikings. And I just don't know how I'm supposed to feel when every week from Sam Bradford it's, well, you know, we moved the ball pretty well this week or pretty well that week but you know we just need to put up more points like well yeah okay I mean I guess you move the ball you also punted a lot (laughs) and you also I mean there were some plays of over 20 yards but there were also throwing short of the sticks on third downs and things like that and this is an offense that is really been sad in terms of production uh, since week five against Houston when they lit up the Texans and now they're going up against a very very talented defense where you could almost see this game being seven to six or something really, really hideous. Uh, two really good defenses going against each other versus offenses that are seriously struggling. It may be one of those comes down to the kickers games. Oh my! I think this. <laughs> I think this very simply comes down to the Vikings will win this game because they will get at least fourteen points from their defense. Yeah, I think Blake Bortles is having an atrocious year. And I think the key ding, thing ding, is ding. here, I think I can safely say this. The Vikings will beat the Jaguars on Sunday, and the Vikings defense will outscore the Vikings offense. Yeah. I, I think they're going to get two touchdowns. And that's the problem, though. Therein lies the problem, is if you're going to continue to win week in and week out. So if they win on Sunday, three games left, in every one of those games, you're going to need a defensive and or special teams and or both those units to score because I have no faith now Diggs helps but I have no faith that this Vikings offense with that line and lack of a run game can consistently score points how many wins do they have where they have not gotten a defensive or special teams touchdown two uh Giants in Houston they have a punt return against the Giants in in Houston they got 14 points right they got uh they got the Rhodes 99 yard touchdown and the Cordero Patterson Uh, kick return I think no, uh, Arizona. Oh, I th- th- that's right. That's right. Arizona. I think against the Giants, yourselves, I'll look it up. The Giants right. fumbled a punt, and the Vikings recovered and then scored on that drive. All right. I think. Uh, yes, you I, may be right. Yeah, they did yeah, not have right? a defensive touchdown against the no. Giants. You're right. But that was. Ages. I'm talking about direct points. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't that think they was a, the Packers either. A long time ago, it seems. I was going to say these things were happening, right? Yeah. No, I, I actually. I mean, I think that those wins uh, against Green Bay, against the Giants, against Houston, those wins. Cheryl's punt return was against the Texans. Those okay, wins are. Oh, Thank okay. You. Yeah. That's so they right. have two wins where they did not score a defensive or special teams touchdown because they did against, or at least get points because they had a safety against. Uh, no, that was against uh, yeah Carolina. They had the safety. Okay, they had two touchdowns against the Titans. They had uh, the punt return against the Texans, and the two against the Cardinals. Now they didn't need those scores to win all of those games. They certainly did against the Cardinals and against the Titans as well. But they but, will uh, now. You know, they might. What's funny about this and the five-game win streak and then five out of the last six losing and, and just how it's all gone, or six out of the last six seven, seven now. Yep, six out of the last seven now. It, what's funny about that is how many that they could have won. 
that I don't think the results were completely unsustainable. I mean, I've heard that, oh, we should have seen this coming, whatever else. And I, and I would say four of the games that they've lost out of the six, the only two that were unwinnable were Philadelphia and Chicago. Couldn't win those games. I mean, they just played way too poorly to win, never had a chance. All the rest of them, you've pretty much got the ball with a chance to tie or win in every single one yep. of those. Yep. And they got it done in week one but with a big defensive play uh, against Mariota. They got it done against the Giants. They got it done against Green Bay uh, where they came through at the end with a Trey Wayans interception. And in these other games, they just haven't gotten it done where Sam Bradford has two interceptions on the final drive where you can go down and win the game. And I, I mean, I'm not putting it on him. It's just that there, there's where I teeter back and forth with this team of they've lost five of the last six. Should I look at them like there are still shreds of those first five games? It's just they haven't finished any off. Mm-hmm. Or should I look at it as this offense is just so poor that they won't be able to move the ball against anybody who's competent on defense? I, I go back and forth on this. And here comes chapter three, boys. Starting on Sunday, you know they're gonna, you know they're gonna go on some type of streak here. It's the Vikings. This is this is how they which kind they winning or losing winning, and it's this is the Vikings defy the statistics and logic, and they've always have. Twenty twelve, they just defy they they defy. Here's what's gonna happen: they're gonna win on Sunday. It's it's gonna give people hope. My guess is they come back and beat the Colts, and at that point, you're talking about Adrian back. You're talking about Peterson coming back and the Zim magic. You can you can crunch the numbers and use common sense all you want, and somehow this franchise can defy it at every turn. And I don't know why or how, but I've just grown to accept it. And I'm yeah. being dead serious yeah. there. I'm not yeah. kidding you guys. No, I, I it's a weird franchise. It is. I and I, I agree with your earlier point too. I, I think Blake Bortles is the reason they win this game fairly handily on Sunday. I, I just I think he is the type that is going to give you some chances. I mean, Xavier Rhodes basically said it today. He throws the ball up for grabs a lot. And that's the thing everybody always used to say about Brett Favre. Now, Blake Portals is not Brett Favre in the sense that he can't get away with it as much as Favre did, and he's not as smart as Favre was as a quarterback. But uh, some of that is experience, obviously, with Favre, too. But I think Bortles is the reason they end up winning this game Sunday. I think they do enough to make life difficult for him that they capitalize on it. Well, I also think that that team is, if they have not already, everyone around Blake Bortles lost belief in him. Yeah. That last week pretty much sign-sealed delivered that. The interception that he threw last week for a pick six, which I think he now has more pick sixes than wins in his career. I think you said, yeah. That's mind-blowing. Wow. Yeah. I I believe Aaron Rodgers has like one career pick six and Bortles has something like 11. I thought I saw that stat on Twitter. Got to be good at something. Uh, But anyway, they've got they have to have lost total belief in him after that interception. If there was any shred left, it was one of the worst picks you will ever see. I mean, just throws it right to the defender standing right in front of his wide receiver. And I asked Xavier Rhodes about uh, Bortles throwing motion. And Xavier sort of looked at me like, I'm not going to trash another quarterback in the league. And then he sort of went on with, well, you know, I don't focus on that sort of thing. But let's be (laughs) honest, that throwing motion is a mess. And if you're a cornerback, you love what he does. He's, it's like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tim Tebow that brings the ball down. And if you're a cornerback in the NFL who runs 22 miles per hour, by yeah. the way, like yeah. Xavier Rhodes, that was brought up again today and, and reminded me of how insanely fast uh, football players are. Yeah. Um, but, like, 
I mean, if you give them that extra quarter of a second, they're going to jump routes. And like you're saying, I mean, you asked me if they had a chance, if Jacksonville is a chance. And I say, yes, they do. If they could shut out the Vikings defensively, then yes, they have a chance. But because Bortles is such a bus fire, he, he has a case for being the worst quarterback in the entire NFL. I mean, I, I don't know. Would above you rather? Fitz, above would, Fitzpatrick this would, year? Would, That's an impressive Case Keenum race. have won more games? Or, hey, you know who else throw, has thrown his name in the hat for that is Carson Wentz uh, over the last nine games for being the, the league's worst quarterback this year. But, like, I, I, it's, it's very hard to see with all these great quarterbacks struggling against the Vikings. Still, as we've gone along, Stafford didn't have a great day. Dak Prescott didn't have a great day of seeing Bortles and the Jaguars score at all. Trey Wayne scores. That's my guess. <laughs> Trey, Trey Wayne. Wow. Trey Wayne's because I think – Bortles isn't dumb enough to throw at Rhodes much, so he's going to throw at other guys. And my guess is Trey Waynes gets at least one pick six. I, I one of the two pick six. I would not underestimate any dumb thing he does. It is very interesting at this juncture to go back and look at the 2014 quarterback draft. Blake Bortles, uh, of course, said today, as, as the Vikings did with a lot of quarterbacks that year, that they spent some time with him before the draft. They did not bring him up here for a visit. I, I think they had pretty well zeroed in on Teddy Bridgewater as their guy at that point. But mm-hmm. If you look at the top four quarterbacks drafted that year, you've got a guy that has struggled a lot in Jacksonville, a guy whose career was a train wreck for a lot of off-the-field demons in Cleveland. You have Teddy Bridgewater, who promising start, and now we don't know if or when we'll see him again because of that injury. And then you have the guy that was passed on by all of them who is an MVP candidate in Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of an interesting uh set of circumstances the way that all worked out well, i think bortles, Derek Carr, who was picked by the uh, vikings in espn's 2014 mock draft by the way bortles would be your, your case of like the first overall the, pick traded up to get him he's the pitcher that traded throws the first round. he's the pitcher that throws 98 but can't throw a strike right yeah i mean the guy is a freak yeah. show of an athlete but those are the guys that always go high because yep. you, you think that the the mechanics look so good so what where are we at now? I mean, the quarterback position is so tough to draft, and it's so important now. Where do we stand in an era where we're, we're getting some pretty good definition of congratulations? Hey, thanks. Gessling showing us that he took a uh, car. Appreciate it. Where we're now sitting in an era where Russell Wilson was, what, a third-round pick by yep. Seattle, where Carr was a second-round pick. Is that right? Dak Prescott. So where do teams start to turn now as, as far as evaluations go? Because we are looking at almost a handful of really good quarterbacks now who have sort of free-fallen through the draft when it's obviously the, the most important position on the field and you have teams in the first round desperately trying to fill needs there and more and more screwing up. I would also I would also say that I would take uh, Andrew Luck over all of those guys by a mile. Oh, and right? I guess. So, Still drafting them at the top is a but good he's idea. a generational type of guy. But I think they will ultimately look. Thanks, Joe they'll look back at this last draft and go, "What were those two teams thinking, yeah. trading up for those guys?" Because they they were not Andrew Lux, they were not Peyton Manning's, they were just highly questionable quarterbacks who teams got super, super insanely desperate for, which maybe your Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson says, okay, don't get that desperate for a quarterback. Draft the best guy you can in the second round and hope he plays out. I think also 
I feel that, that way, uh, this way more this year than I have in a very long time, which is situation is determining success. And there's no better example of that, I think, than Matthew Stafford. Has a new offensive coordinator, all sorts of weapons. Even Kirk Cousins is having success with tons of weapons, a great offensive line. And, and, and Derek Carr, the same way. I said, call it a hot take if you want, but Teddy you? Blue? No. Stop it. Teddy Bridgewater. I got to spice things up around here. I, you're, you're knocking down plants. Judd's talking about snipping things. Uh, <laughs> I need Listen, to do something on this if podcast. Peterson had just got it snipped. He could have come back quicker, okay? His knee. Yes. Um, you so, snip. It's not just one part of the male anatomy yet, but you can snip. I, please. Um, anyway. It's a podcast. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think Bridgewater, in, those, in that circumstance, in Oakland, is being talked about the same way as Derek Carr. I, I think he is just as good of a player. Oh, but, that arm, but that arm on Carr, man. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a better arm, but it's an incredible offensive line. Sure. It's a good running game. And it's Pres- great weapons Prescott, all over the same field. Thing. Prescott great definitely, I think, is line, too. the situation. But, I mean, you, you can take that argument back through generations. I mean, people have said that about Joe Montana, too. Would he have been the same quarterback anywhere else that he was in San Francisco? Maybe not. I mean, there, there's a lot of times, I think, where – the right quarterback in the right situation becomes the thing that that works and and you can't really separate the two and it's hard to kind of do hypotheticals with it but yeah I, I agree that there are certainly situations where quarterbacks work out and then there are situations where quarterbacks do not work out oh and Jacksonville is that type of situation and yes. I've got the history Put the computer here. down Gessling. I don't have anything up I don't trust you I gotta entirely. say you can see my computer I had the Derek Carr mock pick up here uh-huh. it's not there anymore right, Ben, ben deserves sure. a lot of credit because I do not believe him to be cheating in the uh, quarterback trivia game oh I thought he did it like two weeks ago you told me no, someone oh. sent him one of the quarterbacks for Jacksonville, and that person which I totally been, was never going to get. That person has oh. been blocked. I called the police. We appreciate to that have person. Them arrested. You called the five zero on him. Yes, I did. In fact, I'm going to start with that quarterback. I, I snitched. Um, <laughs> all, right. all right, so here it's you go. Than the snipping. Uh, if I'm counting correctly, which there's no guarantee that I am, seventeen Jacksonville Jaguars quarterbacks. So I need their, nine. Yes, since their inception in 1995. And you get bonus points if you get the guy who uh, was their initial starter. Uh, I'd be stunned if you got that. it. Stunned if you got it. All right. So we're going to start with the one that the guy gave me, which was very appreciated. Quinn Gray. I just why why you were never going to get that no, one. There's he started no chance. Four games there's in zero 2007. Chance I, was get that. I wouldn't so give you that appreciate one. That's cheating that. to me. So that is, Judd, if you want to keep score, that's one. All right. Uh, <laughs> Brad Gable. There's no there's no person named Brad Gable. Did I don't he, even think there's a Brad Gable in the world. Yeah, there, there's a Brad Gable that played for the Jaguars. Did he not start a game? No. All right, fine. Uh, Brad Johnson. Browning no, Nagel? No, no, that's not his name. Rob Johnson. <laughs> you were off to a fiery start. <laughs> Rob Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob Johnson right. is correct. Chad Henney. Chad Henney's Blake correct. Bortles. Uh, also correct. Uh, David Garrard. Uh-huh. Byron Leftwich. Correct. Mark Brunel. Right. How, mu- how many more do I have, you have to get? You have two left to get. You have seven. But I get I get three phone of friends or I get three hints. I'm yes. not phoning you because you won't know any of these either. Um, I'm trying to think if I can get one more so before I have to start the, getting uh, into my the pre podcast bet more or less was that you'd get to seven and totally stall out. That All was, right, so I'm just that was how I saw this some names out. out of these washed up <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, did Kelly Holcomb ever start a game? There? He did not. Um, I already said Chad Henney, right? Yeah, and that, that was um, right. Did Gus, Gus Ferrat never played there? He did not. Um, did Tim Couch ever play there? <laughs> no. 
Uh, <laughs> that's that's a good guess, though. Play for the Packers. Did Browning Nagel play there? Uh, no, he did not. You know, now that you mention it. Um, well, I like that I have unlimited guesses on Dan McGuire. Did, was there, no, a, was there, was is there a Detmer? Is first, there a Detmer or um, McCown? Okay, you can't do that. Coy Detmer, Ty you, Detmer. You, okay. Josh uh, McCown, Luke McCown. All right, hold on. Luke right. Kate, McCown is correct. Yes! <laughs> I only need one more. There should be a There's got to be a limit of wrong guesses. How many wrong guesses? Wrong? We have not put that rule in place. All right, give we me have, my hints. That's true. I need one out of you're, three. You're at eight. All right. Uh, the quarterback who started first in 1995 for the You told me you'd give me hints of ones I could possibly get. Yes. Um, and this one you could possibly get. He okay. was once a pro bowler. Oh, my. And played for both expansion teams. Both expansion uh, teams. So pro so bowler insinuates that he was good for a time. Okay. Uh, wow. That that might be as far as I want to go. He was a, he was a backup. Steve Berline. That's correct. Yes. Yes. Analyst. Yeah. Steve On to Indianapolis. Now I gotta look through and pick which. I'm one. not sure. I like this. I love the game. I didn't even. Need I'm not sure. I, I like the unlimited guesses though, because you at one point were just throwing out last names of that quarterbacks. Was, that was part of the who are brothers. That was part of the bit. No, I, right. feel, I feel like you There's were really. There's always a Detmer or McCown. There Everywhere has yeah. got a Detmer or McCown. How many Detmers and McCowns have we had in this game? They always come we've had a lot. Or there was Farrat. a Detmer here. Yeah. Farrat shows up a lot. Yeah, too. a lot of um, former Vikings. There's a former Viking on this list. Dante Dot, didn't play there. He no, was he was, uh, Miami. he was a backup for the Vikings. Oh, Todd Bauman. Yeah, that's right. Yes, that's correct, yeah. that is so correct. I knew that one. So you have survived in I advance. Have dominated. I need, yes. I, I'm a ten. I don't even need my my third clue. No, but you Jeez, can. Let's keep going. Give me another I, clue. I can give you a few more clues. Uh, this guy briefly started for the Rams. He might have filled in for Mark Bulger with some injuries. Oh boy. Um, um, yeah, uh, this, this one. This one's a hard one. It's not Tony Banks. It's Jamie Martin. Oh yeah, I remember the guy. Yeah, like real bad. All right, who football. else do we have? People are probably bored um, with this. Famous Miami Dolphin quarterback when they were going through their sort of merry-go-round. Jay Fiedler. That's right. He started one game in 1999. Also, you doubted me, Sports Also, Grinch. a Viking at one point. No, no, no. I didn't doubt you. I just said that the unlimited guesses are somewhat annoying. The fact that I did this with the Jaguars with a heckler here. Yes, Jay um, Fiedler is very impressive. If I'm not this one. Here. I, amazingly, having covered the Bills, did not know this guy started for them, but Trent Edwards in 2010. Oh, yeah. yeah was He started yeah. One, one Jaguar game. And then there's a guy that I've never heard of. <laughs> Literally, I mean, this, this stuns me as a video game player in this area, uh, in this area of uh, my life. You're 98, 99. Jonathan Quinn. Anyway, oh, yeah. Yeah. Jonathan, yeah. I remember Jonathan, I remember Jonathan Quinn. Quinn. I have no recollection really? of Jonathan Quinn yeah. in my life at all. He was with the Jets or something. Yeah, he wasn't very good. but No. They, they, they most had some that, good teams. Most of that list was not very good. And the only other one is Steve Matthews. Didn't Jackson? Oh yeah, I remember. Didn't Steve Jacksonville Matthews. and uh, Carolina make the make their respective conference championship games not in long after joining the league? Year. Yep. And didn't it Carolina play the Packers? Carolina played the Packers and Jacksonville played Field? the Patriots. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because it it could have been uh, an expansion Super Bowl in year two. Yeah, that would have been. They good both stuff. lost, but uh, thankfully. So there you go. The beautiful Bum, ba, da, da, da. Uh, quarterback I'll history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, good job. I Move, mean, well done. Yeah, you all done. On to the Colts me. next well week, done. huh? I, how, how are you going to do the Colts? We have to switch it for the next We're two gonna weeks We're going to switch it up for the do? next two weeks. It's probably going to be running backs and wide receivers. Colts running backs, 
since I don't know because you Harbaugh can't do whatever since fall. There so aren't you, that many. So you can't do the, the pre-Payton quarterbacks. But, but how ben? are we determining this? Leading rushers. Oh, leading so rushers. So wait, 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 wait. Let me see how many so, there are. So you can't do, do the pre-Payton list of quarterbacks because it predates you too much. Well, I could do the pre-Payton list. I could get your your Jeff Jim Georges and your. I think uh, he has to go back to fall. There was a number ten. There, Burt Jones. I by mean, the that's way, farther back than that. But by the way, who is known fact? Ten. Little known fact: see the guy, the Chris last Miller was Chris Miller in Indianapolis. He might, yes, I think he yeah, was. See, he was see. the last time. The last time I football cards. The Vikings had a home game blacked out. It's Colts. Colts in '97. Last regular, last regular season home game of 1997. When Randy Moss came to town, and the rest was history. Changed everything, which is why his why 84 has to go in the rafters at U.S. I Bank Stadium. I don't care what people across the street from here try and say. Do they think that it should not go in the Raptors? I don't know, but are they just still bitter with him after they the need departure? to retire that number? I I completely agree. I mean, there's no doubt that his name should be in the Raptors. Changed a lot of things around here. It's part of the reason there's a stadium here, I would say. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Change the fan base. Yep, entirely. Well, there aren't that many leading rushers. Do you want to just do this now, Colts? No, but do you want to just do this now? The Packers receivers, and we can go on to the Bears. And but there are the not that many receivers either. For Did the we Colts. do this we'll once with the Bears already? For what? This game we did right. Oh, with oh the crappy yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, we did. Which one? I've got the Packer idea. Too. Packers tight ends. That's a little sneaky, but it, yeah, that'd be good because Favre, Favre loved the tight ends. Yeah, he did. Love to use those <laughs> take, tight ends. Yeah, take that how you like. Love to send them. I got photos. snip and love the tight ends. <laughs> yeah. That's what I brought to this uh, podcast. We need to snip today. this podcast. Yeah, that's for sure. We will talk to you well, Sunday. Thanks, boys. I will uh, call yeah, we, in from whatever the heck this stadium's name is. Hopefully, I figure it out by the time I have to write it in a in story. Jacksonville, like Interbank Field is that think, so what it's uh, called or something? Yes. Oh, say hi to uh, Jackson Deville for me. The best mascot in sports. Jackson <laughs> Deville. It's got a pool now, right? I think so. Didn't uh, Jacksonville build some like yeah, pool? I think it's so. like. I covered a game there in uh, 2000 and was it seven or so? In fact, Peterson got Peterson was sat for the first series because he missed a meeting the night before. Man, that is one crappy town, and that yeah. was a crappy stadium. It'll Jackson- be warmer there than it'll be here on Saturday. Jacksonville is a city that should not have an NFL team. That is true, and perhaps by the next time the Vikings play them on the road, they will not, and this will be in London instead. Jolly old England could be the the, the sponsor. The, the branding is already perfect. Jaguars. It's perfect. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I mean, you get a you got a sponsor built right in. That you is a, a that, that that's a ta- I have no idea they already have why the, they gave the a franchise. The fan base called the Union Jacks, J A X. Like it, it's perfect. They should just move them there. Although they should probably put a team in London anyway. But if they're going to do it, it should be the Jaguars. All right, thanks guys. I will call in Sunday. These we, two will have their takes nice and hot, and we, we will break did, down uh, Vikings are we, Jaguars. Are we, are we making picks? Uh, I thought. I mean, it's a thing. But I have Vikings twenty four ten. Okay, I'll just go. Uh, I'll go Vikings thirteen to six. Sports Grinch. Uh, Vikings will score two defensive touchdowns. Uh, that'll give them 14. Uh, they'll get uh, the 24-7. 24-7. Nothing but positivity on the Purple Podcast. We'll talk to you Sunday. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.